Welcome back to the Selective Listening Podcast. My name is Aaron Schild, and across the table from me right here, we've got my pal and uh, a trucker hat that says, shut up. We've got Brett Westgrove across the table. Hey, How you doing, up, buddy? Y'all? Good, man. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing great. Today. Glad to Thanks be here. For coming on the uh, the podcast. Welcome Heck. to episode two. Yeah, episode two. Episode All two, right. man. Yeah. yeah. And we, we've got our PBR, Mm-mm. a mm-hmm. uh, a timeless Cheers, American dude. classic, red, white, yeah. and blue. Uh-huh. Yep. So mm. we've, we've got plenty of this. You know, this is from my home state. Is that right? Yeah. Where is home state? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Is that, is that Milwaukee? Yeah. Oh, established in 1844. Holy crap. Yep. Yeah. I had, I had this no is an old idea. beer. So uh, last week we started the podcast with my buddy Kyle talking about Yingling, and he said that it was the, America's oldest craft brewery. I've heard that. Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Is, is it see, true? What, I mean, what's the year? What year do they have on their can? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a big fan of PBR. It's a very unoffensive beer. It's really weird because it's always been like a... a Crappy beer. People, people shit say, on it. Can I? Okay, I can say a shit beer. Okay, yeah, good. People, you um, can say, <laughs> very safe. I'm very unclear of the rules of this podcast right now. There are um, no rules. So just be me. Yes, be you. Are you sure? Positive. That's that's terrifying. I'm not gonna bleep anything out. No. So like growing up, like in Wisconsin, everyone saw it as kind of like a shitty beer because it's cheap. And then, um, you know, I started traveling around. I was in college in Colorado, and it was it was like a hipster beer out there. It is a very hipster beer. I mean, I guess kind of everywhere, right? Because and isn't that just, because hipsters are poor and yeah. uh, we drink poor beer? Well, let me tell you about being poor, dude. I'm to the point where I show any <laughs> bar I show up in Nashville, but this is because I've I've come to appreciate shitty beers, except for one I had the other day. We'll get back to that. <laughs> I just go to the bar and I say, give me your cheapest, shittiest beer. Sometimes I don't say cheapest because it just makes me look right. cheap. It's more about the shitty beer the shitty experience. Beer. Right? The, the um, cheap is, in, is indicated in the word. I mean, it really beer. is. Honestly, it is. I can drink more that way. Yeah. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, that's really what my is life PBR is. Right your now. usual go to cheap shit beer? You know, I think it's Bush Light. Bush? Yeah. I, um, uh, I haven't had a Bush Light in a long time. I'm trying. What did I have the other night? It was at Red Door, and I asked for their cheapest shitty beer. Was and. Old Milwaukee? No. Uh, was it? Yeah. No. Something like Something that. Something like that. Oh, Jesus, can drive me crazy. This, um,. I wish I remember. There's a few brands that you never see around a lot, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of my Foster's. Gr- my grandfather used to have like the cheapest beer sitting on his back porch, just nice. warm. Like it's gonna be me. It was like Schlitz or something. <laughs> oh, the malt liquor, probably. Yeah, the malt liquor, yeah, yeah. like the Colt Forty Five yeah. or whatever. Oh, dude. Oh, God. Mickey's with the big. Uh, I'm the starting big to get sick just talking about this. <laughs> it reminds me of college because we used to uh, go by Forties, and would sit on our patio and just drink 40s because they were like three dollars and then i realized like oh like oh drinking 40 ounces of beer doesn't sound like a lot until you've sat in the same spot and not gotten up with it have you ever uh edward, edward 40 hands edward 40 yeah. hands. yes i have that's terrifying so uh i have played that but for people on who are listening who haven't will you describe the game yeah, so i've never played but i mean you duct tape a 40 to each hand, mm-hmm. and then you can't remove them until you finish them. Until you finish 80 ounces. And of let me beer. tell you, you're going to have to pee before you're done. I think, right? the, I I mean, think like, the move is trying to drink it as fast as possible before it hits your bladder. Oh, see, I just whip it out before I start. <laughs> that way I can just, uh, I've never played it. But you said college, and I, I, it should have been 40s, but it was, that was like the big Four Locos craze. I never had Four Loco. That was the caffeinated. <sighs> Yeah, stuff, right. Like very caffeinated, stuff very alcoholic. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I, I think that's why I liked it. No, I've never had it. So good. I usually like pound. Red I mean, not Bull good. Not I go out. Yes. See, I'm very. I'm a big fan. Like, if I'm gonna go out, it's it's funny because I don't. During COVID, I drank a lot. Mm-hmm. You know that because you you know you saw me. We, I drank we were a lot all out. It was yeah yeah yep. five or six nights a week. It was like oh what, what else, happened last what else night? Do we do? But um. These days, I it's really weird to say this, but I tell everyone I only drink when I work now. Same. Yeah. So like, what I'm a not, life we live. I had a I, I was watching TV last night at home and I opened up a beer and fell asleep on my couch without even drinking mm-hmm. it. It was warm when I woke up yeah. at like 1.30 in the morning. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, that was a waste. Yeah. Like I don't drink at home. Yeah. It's it's a work, it's a social thing. It's crazy. So I have no idea where I was going with that. I totally forgot, but you the, know, the it is beer you found at Red Door. Maybe. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It was bad. It was really bad. 
Yeah. I was surprised because I didn't think I'd find a cheap beer that I didn't like. I... Because I genuinely enjoy the shittiness of it. I do enjoy a PBR. Yeah. And you know, the thing about cheap beer like this is that it's, it's, it's predictable. We, we, we know what we're getting mm -hmm. into. It's like, I, I like craft beer. I'll go to Tennessee Brew Works, which is next to our office here every now oh, yeah. and then. Actually, every now and then's a farce. I'm there all the time. <laughs> but I'm drinking. I saw that when I came in. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I would live there if yeah, I I go did. there all the time because they have happy hour and you can get their light lager for four bucks and it's like 24 ounces, so it's huge. Yeah. But it's like, I'm not, I don't want to go drink a chocolate peanut butter milk stout in the hot Tennessee summer. No, for eight bucks. No. And then they're like, but it's 12%. I'm like, yeah, that means that I don't feel good at the end of it. Yeah. It's like, it makes me feel like I just ate a piece of pie and then also ate mashed potatoes and gravy. And it's just like sitting in me like a cement block. This is making me hungry. Yeah, kind of. I we should get some pie and mashed potatoes. Pie and mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe instead of bringing beer to the <laughs> podcast now, I'll just bring Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> So, Brett, you're a, you're a musician here in town, and we're not going to talk. I don't want to make it all about talking about music, but sure. will you give people a brief description of what you do in this life? Um, yeah, so I am a Celine Dion in the form of polka music cover Sweet. musician. Uh, we cover only Nirvana songs. I don't, I have <laughs> no idea. go on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. Uh, yeah, you know, modern country music. Sweet. Uh, How long have you been playing? How long have I been playing? Yeah. That's a, that's a question. Um, How I would, old were you when you started playing the guitar? I was, when I, I started was, playing guitar? Was, yeah, I was in I, like seventh grade, sixth grade. Yeah, I was uh, fourth or fifth grade. Okay. But I never got serious about it. Really? That's the problem. I and mean, I still, I'm still not. Like, I don't have, <laughs> I still don't have the patience to sit down and actually learn how to play guitar. So getting to Nashville and kind of moving into like the professional right. scene where I'm, you know, paid full time doing music. Yeah, cuz you don't you don't have a day gig, do you? No. Nope. You're, you're one of those full time people. Nope. I mean, I do you know, as things, you know, as things wax and wane, so to speak. Um I've been flow. Yeah, I've been flow, exactly. Uh I pick up side stuff. Cool. Uh not necessarily out of necessity because I mean, I could be full-time music. I just don't want to be anymore. Right. Uh like I was playing down, you know, on Broadway. Broadway doing the circuit. <laughs> three or four nights a week it's and it's brutal. Just, it's brutal it's a lot of abuse on your voice when and it's not a great lifestyle because you're up until three or four or no five it in the morning, ruins right? your schedule your yeah. next day is ruined um it's super fun and you make a lot of money that's the danger of it but two problems one the people that come and love your show they're too drunk to remember you the next day yep so i will just a quick comparison if i'm on the road versus i'm playing a show in the tourist scene in nashville on the road, I probably make 10 times the number really? of fans and new wow. follows and stuff. Yeah. For an average show. So you're not gaining a lot of fans doing that. And two, like industry people will actually peg you as a cover band Broadway guy. And kind of you, you're not someone they take seriously. Right. It's just, uh, it's, you're just cover musician yeah and i don't want to shit on anyone that's still doing it i'm just for me it was it's a it was time industry, yeah. right i i played down there for like three years kind of full time and um it just got to be too much for me and right. and to be fair i will also say that i'm not a mega endurance singer mm -hmm. like i've played 10 hour shows as the only vocalist never want to do it again off i don't want to play four or five four hour shows in a row ever again like it's just it's wear and tear on my voice that I don't need. I mean, and, I think the only thing that's good about stuff like that is you get sharp and you you hone that crap mm, mm -hmm. so fast. Well, then that's where we started, right, is guitar. Yeah. My guitar playing came up so fast because it had to. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, anyway. The chords doesn't, that you, you don't have the option to fuck up. Right, totally. <laughs> so you learn a lot. So I'm very thankful for that. But back to the original question, yeah, I started playing around 10 Never got that serious about it. Mm -hmm. I also had this like weird complex where everyone around me growing up just like trying to think of my brain just wants to be crude with the term, but they were just like sugarcoated everything and praised me for everything. I grew up in that same environment, which like it sounds bad. But yeah. You're like, no, it's like good to be raised by supportive people. But then it's 
it's hard to get out of that. Like, right. Oh, why doesn't everybody love me the same way my my grandma? Well, did? and when you get fooled into thinking you're something you're not. Mm-hmm. So I got fooled into thinking I was this great guitar player because people would literally walk around saying I was the best guitar player in the whole school or whatever. Mm-hmm. When I very clearly was not even in the top <laughs> ten, right? Because um, we had like kind of a big music program in my right. school growing up, and and so it was like a big deal. And I guess it's good to be able to project that like vibe. Mm-hmm. But when it starts to get into your subconscious to the point where it's actually preventing you from genuinely making progress, because I wouldn't practice guitar and I wouldn't practice my vocals and I was not improving because I thought, oh, I'm already good enough. Right. You know, and then I got out of high school. I moved to California thinking I was going to be there for two months. Someone else was going to realize how amazing I was. Nope. 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 Not not at all. That's not what happens anywhere for anyone. I moved to Nashville thinking I was the best guitarist in my hometown and I wasn't bad. I'm a pretty Mm -hmm. good guitarist. I just heard. Yeah, you did. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a pretty good guitar player, but I moved here and very quickly stopped talking so loud because there are people here who can play circles night and day around me. And I love what you just said, because even if that's not true, even if you were the best guitar player, there's like a huge value in not talking so loud in general. I feel like the best people in town never say a thing about being a good guitar player. Yeah. Like all the studio musicians who play on these records are probably the same 10 dudes. And they, they probably never know their names because they just, yeah. they don't care. They're not looking for glory. They just want to play guitar. Yeah. Well, and there's something to be said about letting your art speak for itself. Mm-hmm. So like, it's, it's really weird, but my, my brain went to this place is like, is I, empty? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Let's I'll, do it. Let's I'll, get another. Let's do another. Um, no, so uh, I uh, I hate birthdays, so I don't like celebrating the my birthday. The tradition is opening. A okay, let's do, on let's the do mic. It. So one, two, three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I hate celebrating birthdays, and I've realized it's because I don't want people to praise me or celebrate something that was not in my control. Right. And so this goes back to that not talking loudly thing because I want people to uh, appreciate me for what I do. So I want them to come to a show mm-hmm. and celebrate that. And not, people who Not see- something needlessly. And I don't want, and so it applies to the same as like, I don't want to talk about being good. I just want to show you that I am. Because they'll know. Yeah. They'll know. Exactly. Last night I went to this show at the Bowery Vault. Have you been over there Mm-mm. at East Nashville? Mm-mm. So it's, uh, it's an upstairs I think it's uh, during the daytime, it's a used clothing store, like a secondhand store. But at night, oh, they've no got way. this, like, an actually, like, decent-sized stage. It's probably twice as big as So, same space? Same space. Okay. But it's got, like, a high school play curtain in front Dude. of the stage okay. during the day. That's cool. And it, it's probably twice as big as the old Belcourt Tap stage. So, it's not small. Or maybe three times, even. They had full bands on last night. Oh, wow. Hits, amps, everything. But um, I went there last night, and... I saw this guy playing the guitar with the last band and uh, Kevin Daniel. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him, uh, but his guitar player was playing and I was with a couple of girls and I got to watch those girls see a good guitar player for the first time in Nashville. And I mean, he was good, but I mean, there's, there's people like him a dime a dozen. In of course. Time. And, but just seeing them see like a flashy guitar player for the first time, I was like, I remember when I was five weeks off the boat in Nashville <laughs> and being like, yeah. They just had that thing for the first time where they're like, oh, crap. Like, this is the level of talent in town. Oh, it's yeah. Brutal. Yeah, I remember having that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually, I literally drove into town, and my first thought was, I'm going to drive downtown. And I drove downtown. I actually got lost. I ended up, <laughs> like, in the gulch, and I'm like, this doesn't look right. You're like, and this so, isn't Broadway. Yeah, so finally I found Broadway, and I, was, I pulled up down on 1st. You know, first in Broadway, the right very end, right by the river. And, the yep. and I just remember looking up Broadway and I was like, of course, the flash was the first thing. It's like all this neon. And I'm like, oh, my God. OK, this is cool. And then I parked and I got out of the car and I started walking. And I immediately was just like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, what have I gotten myself? In? Yeah. What year did you move here? Uh, 17. 17. Hey, that's when yep. I moved here also. Did you? When did you move here in 17? I moved here July 1st. Uh, February, February. So you beat me by, January, by about five months or so. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Dude, what a great town to live in. You <sighs> see, I feel like we're in a different city now. Yes. Because very different. Even in five years, like, and I know people say that it's like, oh, well, 2010 right. was a long time ago. It was very different. Yeah. I mean, it's even, always going to be like that. It's always going to be like that. 
Uh, I heard that the city has rented, or like not rented out, but like uh, given out permits for cranes for the next 10 years. So there's Cranesville, Whoa. Tennessee is growing. Holy man. That's Isn't that crazy. insanity? Yeah. Like this town is going to be so much bigger yeah. in the next 10 years. God, what is that going to mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm because there's I a lot of people talking, and I'm glad that I finally got a place because Same. I could not afford to buy something now, and that was only a year ago. I know, right? I got it just in time, literally a month after it was really? started blowing up so much mm-hmm. that it just wouldn't have worked. Right? It's it's crazy. Like, I saw a Zillow estimate of my of my place yesterday, and it was like thirty percent more than I paid for it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, if I sold this right now, I could make this much money. Yeah. I wouldn't have anywhere to live, but. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that happens. I, I'm kind of in that boat right now, actually. Are you really? Where is your place? Uh, on West End Avenue. Okay. Not too far from Centennial Park. Oh. I walk over to the local that's awesome. very regularly. So my house is, like, right here. Is it really? It's literally, like, you know where the footbridge yeah. is? Literally on the other side of the interstate wow, right here. So, so it's, like, it's like downtown. And so I started... Airbnb it every when I'm out on the road on Ooh, weekends. That's a good idea. Yeah, because it's walkable to downtown. Mm-hmm. And so you can get good money. And it's a three bedroom, two bathroom, you know, like, so uh, I think we're bidding eight people right now. Yeah, so it's really good. But um, I started booking it so much. And now I'm booking on weekends where I'm not on the road. And suddenly <laughs> I'm like, oh, right, oh, right. I have, like, to, leave, I have I ha- to leave my house now. Yeah. You're and like, can I go to a bar and try to meet uh-huh. a girl and be like, hey, so I can't go home tonight. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I was talking There's to someone my, sleeping in my bed. I was talking to my mom last night and I'm like, you know, maybe it's time I get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Which it, it probably is, but I've been purposely not doing that because right. girls are just very distracting to me. I have found it hard. In a good way, but in really very hard. And okay. I, I feel like part of that's a consequence of what I do with Nashville Tour Stop. Of course. Is because I book shows. And in Nashville, if you're a gatekeeper, people want to know you. And oh. So I have people hitting on me all the time who I, I just can't. You trust can't tell they're, they're actually hitting on right. me or doing it as a means to get like a show. I definitely understand this feeling. So I don't, I don't ever flirt with girls at my shows. Or, like, I used to do that because I was like, oh, sweet, chicks want to hang out with me. Right. And then I really quickly learned, like, oh, no, like, that, that gives me, like, a bad reputation. That's fair. Yeah. Well, and see, that's why I do it, too, is the business reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm not too afraid of drama. I mean, drama is just part of our business in general. People love drama. Yeah, and it's... TNT it's, knows drama. It's fine. Honestly, every time I get into drama, it's... <laughs> nice. <laughs> Every time I get into drama, it just gives me more fuel for writing. Nice. You know, not to be yeah. like too T Swift on it, but like so it does. Right. Just well, because like I'm very good at turning off my emotions. Really? But when it comes to relationships and girls, like I will very quickly get in real deep and it it's hard for me to get away from you, it. Are are you one of those people I don't want to say falls fast, but like you're you're very assured of like how you're feeling about something pretty quick. Like you're not you're not wishy washy like if you um, meet a girl and you're like, I want to ask you out, you do it. No, <laughs> but also okay. yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, in my actions, probably not. Okay. Because I am just so, I've told myself so strictly that I'm not going to date because I get so distracted that I just stop doing all the other things in my life. Right. And I've been there, um, even in college, like it all, it started interrupting with like, I was in grad school and suddenly I'm like having problems with classes and not seeing my friends and all this stuff. So in that regards, yes. But in my head, no, in my head, like I'll meet someone. And if we're like clicking super hard, I'll just be like, yes, Mm -hmm. let's go. I love this chick. She's awesome. Cool. So I don't know, man. It's weird. I'm very, I'm a very mixed up person in in that regard (laughs) right now. I, uh, I used to be when I was in college, I fell for girls super hard, super fast. Mm -hmm. And it got me into trouble where like I scared away every chick I talked to and I was eventually just like all right I gotta I gotta dial it back scared them away because why because I was like it's like I knew what I wanted oh because like, you went you was like too forward or something too forward gotcha. exactly that's yep. a great way to put it, it okay like, it was like I'd walk up to a girl and be like hey I think you're cute can I have your phone number 
and then I'd get the phone number, and then we'd go on a date and be like, I really like you. I'd like to keep going out. And it's like, yeah. being that self-assured freaked these girls out. Yeah, that's interesting. See, girls like confidence, but I don't think they like overconfidence. It's this weird balance that I'm yeah. trying to find. Because dating's a game. Love is a game. Oh, of course. It's all I bullshit. mean, everything is. Everything. Life is a game, <laughs> dude. I'm realizing that more and more every day. Right. And I've just, like, refused to play the game for so long. Mm -hmm. But if you don't play the game, you can't lose. It, we, I hate that that kind of sounds like You also a can't win. Yeah. So, like, no, I mean, it's true. And the music industry especially. Right. It's, it kind of, it pisses me off because I'm not classically super social. Right. Extroverted, all those things. And so, like, I don't have the bro mentality that helps a lot of people quickly ascend. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I'm finally, finally getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can go out and, like, talk to people and, like, play the game. But it's funny because through all of the fakeness of trying to play the game, I've, I've discovered a love of people. Like, a real love of people. A real love Not of a people. fake. I, I think I'm going through the same thing. Really? Where, like, the people who come to my shows and people who are fans of what I do is, like, I'm really trying to make, I don't want to sound like, cornball but i'm really trying to make friends yeah it's like, i'm glad they're fans of my show but it's like uh the other day these uh there's a sister trio shout out to mcguire so it's these three girls who are oh, yeah they've lived in town for a while they're out in mount juliet but they came to one of the shows and i just sat and talked to them and i was like hey let's like go out for pizza and it, i wasn't asking out one of them i was like i'm asking out the right. band i was like let's just go be friends because it's like sure you can be a fan of what i want to do but i also want people to just be friends like yeah that's so much more fun because you know, honestly making friends means like you're also making fans and i don't totally. want to look at it like that i have like, a weird really weird relationship with that word friend or fan fan okay and i've realized that it's all in my head mm -hmm. um anyway keep going that wasn't the point but no, it's, it's just it's, it's interesting when it comes it's, up it's a good point to bring up though because uh friends are fans because i definitely have people who are one but not the other yeah and and vice versa exactly and i know how to talk to each of those groups mm -hmm. because some people want to be seen as a fan and some people don't yeah people some people are are errands so what do you think about the people who are a friend and just very clearly not a fan not that they're not not mm -hmm. not a fan you know but like they're indifferent right exactly and see that's one reason i've been trying to i say i say this as a weird adult thing to say as I'm trying to make friends uh -huh. out of the industry. Yeah. Because that means if they're coming to hang out, they don't give a shit that I'm booking a show. They're just like, oh, yeah, Aaron's at a bar. Let's go have a beer. Yeah. So you, you know they're authentic. I know they're authentic. Yeah. I've been trying to make friends outside of our bubble. Yeah. Because we do live in a bubble. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. People, people think we don't, and I'm like, we do. And then there's bubbles within mm -hmm. our bubble. Oh, right? Like, all of the bars here have a scene of that bar. Live Oak's got a bubble. The yes, locals got a bubble. Belcourt had a bubble. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, that one popped. Yeah. Well, you know. R.I.P. It's going to happen. Yep. Rip. Yep. Were you at that last call Belcourt show? No. I was. What happened? I was on the road? Mm -hmm, maybe. Because we December talked about me playing it. The, the, like, 14-hour. The 14-hour Yeah. Show. No, I was. I had something. Because I was bummed. Like, that, that sucked. That show was Ridiculous. out of control. I bet. Like, it started off. But, and I don't want to say it started off well. The whole night was awesome. The whole day was awesome. But yeah. it started off so cool and nostalgic and people just having fun. And then by 3 a.m., there was some sketchy shit happening in that bar. And I was just like, this is exactly what I would expect. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, yeah, it was always good for that. Like, uh, I, think, uh, I think they're just, like, closed now at this point. Yeah. Like, there were people stealing shit from the bar, like. Like, what? Yeah, people were stealing shit there because they they were closing and like musicians. I don't know. Look, oh, okay. I don't know who stole what, but like, uh, there was stuff missing because it was open for a couple of weeks after our big goodbye show. But there were th and there oh, were that's things, right. Yeah, there were things missing from the walls, and you're just like, huh, that sign that's been there for ten years is gone. wow. So, like, they have security cameras that there i guess they did and maybe who knows if they worked but like there was stuff missing after that show and That's see weird. there was probably more stuff missing in the weeks in between that and its closure have you ever been that person like you get really drunk and you just think it's okay to steal something no i 
The okay, so the only thing I've ever taken from a venue is like you find a capo on the floor. Sure. Like I've inherited yeah, capos yeah. through through venues and like tour stop shows, people leave shit at my shows all the time. Oh really? All the time. Microphones, capos, whole ass microphones. Like whole ass SM58s, 57s. I've collected a whole bunch of stuff. And I always take photos and I send it to the group That's and good. I'm like, hey, we have this. Whose is this? I have it at the office. And they get claimed how often? No one claims it. And I'm like, I just have a box of shit. Or I had a box of shit for a long time. It just wow. things. And p- nobody ever collected it. So most of it to my house now. I'm just like, <laughs> I've got like 10 shub capos. Jeez. And those Kaiser ones, the grippy ones. Oh, I've yeah. Just got, and I've got more snarks than I know what to do with. So. I mean, back up. That's good. Yeah. But I've just got all this stuff from people just getting hammered at shows yeah. and leaving and forgetting about it. Interesting. I've had people leave their whole ass guitars, but people are usually a little bit more particular. I would think those. so. Yeah, that I've makes left sense. My, I've left my guitar at a venue before. I'm trying to think if I've ever done. I had a couple of shows. I remember one night in particular. This was back in my early days of Nashville when I was still on the Tootsie scene. Mm-hmm. And I played back room with my. Some with some band, probably a bunch of people I didn't know, because you know that's how it goes there. I don't remember the last two hours of the show, <laughs> but I woke up in my car, uh, all my gear, my wireless mic. I br- I brought a lot of stuff at that point. My guitar, amazingly, all of my stuff. That's bonkers. Was with me because we're talking like a tip jug, a like, rack, it's and my guitar at that point. Yeah, but you know what? I have. Times where it's, it's, I'm not drunk and I leave stuff behind. Yep. Uh, so I left my guitar at a bar once. It was at Alley Tap during our, uh, our, shall we call it COVID days? Mm-hmm. The 2020, early 2021 days. Yeah. When, uh, when we were hanging out there real late. But I left my guitar there once and it was because I picked up a girl and I forgot that I had my oh guitar. Oh my God. I had hosted Tour Stop. I had played the show and picked up a girl and then it was like 7.30 the next morning and I woke up, forget if it was my place or her place or uh-huh. where we were, but I was like, left my guitar at the bar. Oof. So I, I went back that's, there. That's to, good. That's an okay reason to forget <laughs> things though. Like, I feel that's like that's one of the excuses acceptable. where you're like, ah, yes, I, uh, I had a different prime directive tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's one of those places. I mean, it's definitely never a good idea to leave your stuff. Probably right. most places. It's actually funny. I've thought about this a lot. Because, like, even downtown Broadway, people leave their stuff. Or mm-hmm. they'll just show up early and put their stuff somewhere. But, like, no one's watching it. I shouldn't, just yeah, we shouldn't even say safe. this. But, like, tourists could walk in, grab a guitar, walk out. Dude, full confidence, so and no one would to stop steal them. a guitar in this yeah, town. Yeah, easy. Like, because, yeah. And it's because you, you expect to see someone walking down the street. So it's like camouflage. Yeah. You pick up someone's yeah. guitar. You don't know if it's Well, yours. we say the same thing about getting into venues, too. You yeah. could show up with, like, a guitar ca- cable or, like, even an empty. Man, you could show up with a guitar bag full of whiskey just, shooters. Just and be like, I'm playing tonight. They're like, all right. Yeah. Done that totally. To get I'm not going to lie. I've done that to get into nice. shows at ticketed venues. You're like, I'm playing with a band tonight. And they're like, all right. That's awesome. I've done that before. <laughs> Oh, yeah, geez. you have to pick it's and crazy. choose the places you do that. Of course, at, yeah. But like, it's not going to work at the Ryman, right? But some of these smaller cap rooms, you can walk in and be like, "Hey, sorry, I'm late. I missed sound check earlier. I'm playing with the next band." And they're like, "Okay, cool, hop on in." Yeah, they're like, "Give us your ID. We'll stamp your hand." I'm like, "Bomp, bomp." Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then you just man. go leave your guitar somewhere. Crazy. Yeah, I, I've definitely done that to uh, to sneak into some places mm-hmm. before. I'm an ordinary awesome. fella. Yeah, I guess that's the word for it. Ornery, not horny. Oh, I talk. I misheard. <laughs> that's a different talk. That's, that's well, here, let's take a, a quick break talk. on the uh, podcast right here. We'll be right back after this commercial message from whoever this week's sponsor is that is assigned to us. <laughs> we'll be right back with Selective Listening with Aaron Schild. Back with the Selective Listening Podcast. My name is Aaron, and we got my pal Brett 
shut up West Grove <laughs> across the table from me. What's so up, Brett, dude? when did the uh, oh, duct God. tape on the, the hat start? Man, so this was COVID hit, right? Everything got canceled. I mean, in the so you remember when, when it first hit, it was like three weeks. Everyone's like, oh, we got, we're going to be off for three weeks. Four weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. Or what was it? Something like that? Yeah. I Two weeks to so flatten the curve. I, at that point, I was booked full time on tour every mm -hmm. weekend, like three dates a weekend. All gone in a flash. And I hung around for about one or two weeks, kind of hanging out, thinking maybe I could get by. And I was just like, eh, I'm going to go see family. So I went back to Wisconsin, got an Airbnb, like a five bedroom house to quarantine right. in just me because it was available. It was it was really weird. But like, so I I um, I took a TV from the upstairs room. I took the dining room table. Nice. I set up my lights and my camera and I was just streaming twice a day, every day. And my fans wanted hats at that time. Okay. Like merch hats. Yeah. And I was just like, I hadn't made kind of a pain in the ass to make hats with the embroidery they're and the design expensive. and they're expensive. And like, so, so I was just joking around. And so that night after the stream, I got to thinking, I'm like, man, I got a couple Bass Pro hats in the car. I've got duct tape and I've got Sharpies. So I popped up on the stream the next morning with a hat on it. It just said team West grow. I, uh, what did it say? Something like that. Uh -huh. It was total joke, right? I was just trolling like my regular followers right. and they freaked out about it. They loved they it. Loved it. <laughs> so I've been selling these things with your handwritten, handwritten duct tape, Bass Pro hats. <laughs> and it's become like a major part of my brand. And now I'm putting all sorts of things on it. So I just got this back from a girl who had it for three months up in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I lost my favorite one, which said, um, your new boyfriend. I've seen that one. Uh, that was a good Damn one. It. That one has gotten me the most attention. Some other girl actually stole it. So I got to get back from her next time I go up there. Uh, my other favorite, which was, uh, was my mom's favorite. Mm -hmm. It was a red Bass Pro hat. The duct tape said, make America slutty again. I don't think I saw that one. It was good. Some nice. dude bought it right off my head. Wow. It was well used and sweaty and <laughs> I don't know what it is. People like it, but they all get attention. People and love. So like that's marketing, right? And people love stuff like that. Yeah. It's very novel, and I've got a whole list on my phone of these of some really good ideas. So I can't start to wait to start making more. I mean, but it's like, the same reason, yeehaw, motherfucker, is yeah. the best selling stuff from tour stuff. I'm sure people love dumb stuff like yep. that. Like I have like quote real merchandise. Mm -hmm. I've got like long live live music. I've got our logo tees. Yeah, no one gives a shit about that nope. stuff. They want yeehaw, motherfucker. They just want something obnoxious. Yeah, they want to yep. be obnoxious. They want to be loud. And honestly, if I got a shirt that said blah blah blah. They'd probably buy it too. Um, I would buy that. Can, yeah. you, can you get that? <laughs> sure. Yeah, but it's just dumb stuff like that. That's it's honestly like we put so much time and money into like designing the coolest stuff ever. But honestly, people like simple, short, sweet, dumb. That's why TikTok works. Yes. Twelve seconds. The the How girl. That, sorry, the girl that seconds. the girl that stole my hat was just snapping me, and I just was she to, really? <laughs> I, I'm like I'm talking about you in a podcast right now. Shout yeah, out, dude. It's really weird. Like this whole. Well, I get it because I'm super ADD, ADHD, mm -hmm. something. I'm just whichever fucked one up of in those the head. is right. Yeah, and I I kind of get it. Even my mom has succumbed to this. Like she can't sit and watch. She'll she'll like sit and watch a TV show and be playing a game on her phone and having Damn. a conversation. And you know when even your mother has no attention span, that that is where society has gone. And so, yep. like TikTok, it's like as much as I hate it because it's it's just like degrading everyone's brains. Absolutely, like, I get why. It's, it's, it's I think it all started with Twitter hmm. because that had the 140 character mm -hmm. limit, and it was like if it's if it's longer than that, I don't want to read it. Yeah. Like, can you get to the point in 140 characters? Most of the time, no. Right. It's also why songs that have two verses and a pre-chorus, and it takes a minute and 30 seconds to get to the chorus, you're like, next. Next. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. care. But it's also um, one of the big reasons that music has degraded recently, mm -hmm. right? Like, I always, I just had this conversation with someone. We were talking about, like, music today is, you can have a total banger right and love it for like two weeks but then it's disposable yep people get the whereas next like one. if you had a banger like i just think of all the like great songs i loved in 90s country right and i will still pull it up and be like yes love this 
But in like 10 or 20 years from now, all the shit that's coming out right now, it's probably not going to be that way. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. This that's, is- I think that era of music started around the time of my high school prom because that was when, um, God, it was a party rock anthem came out. Oh, God. And that song was huge because it was YouTube. That was uh-huh. like right as soon as all that started. And then, I mean, if you played that on Broadway, people would be like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It came right. out 15 years ago. We're going to cool. go to the next bar. Yeah, next. Yeah, let's go to the next bar. Let's see, yeah. if, let's see if they're playing Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Um, I read an article. You may have seen this. It was a couple months ago, but it was about how currently there's more money being made on all the like 90s and older music than anything new. Really? Because I did not people see people are downloading and streaming the classic stuff because, well, they didn't say why, but of course it's because there was real content there. Real content. It's like so much of the pop country coming out now is homogenized. Yes. It all sounds the same. It's all produced by the same people. It's all got the Drives same players crazy. on it. And that's why it sounds the same because there's no creative difference between it. And yep. I think that's a huge conundrum of our industry right is. now is just because it's all so similar mm-hmm. like i don't mean to say it and i'll, I'll say it like there's the same 22 year old skinny blonde beautiful girl and uh-huh. there's the skinny beautiful blonde 22 year old guy and they're both gonna play songs and people are gonna love it but then next year there's gonna be the next right 22 year old skinny person who's doing the thing and like oh yeah, i remember when that song was cool but it, none of it's uh, none of it's going to matter in 20 years. Yeah. We're not going right. to, we're not going to wake up in 2040 and be like, Oh, oh yeah. Well, that, that song Broadway girls. And you're oh, going yeah. to forget who was who too. Right. Like, like you just said, everyone sounds the same right now. And it's a problem. The industry has kind of driven that, right? Mm-hmm. Because they find the formula, they can keep making money and they're going to keep, and it makes sense. I understand business. And because why would they stop if they're making money? Right. So you get these, it's just, you, you go back 10 or 20 years, you hear a song, you know the artist right. immediately because they had their sound, right? And I, I, even I am struggling with this personally right now because it's like, on one hand, I want to find the team and the songs that are going to make me sound like what's current. But also, I want to do the opposite where I sound like me, clearly like me. Yeah. And I think... There are still some people out there who see the value in that, Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of people are just blinded to the whole concept. Right. I think what we're going to see is a resurgence of the same way we've seen vinyl come back Mm -hmm. is that people are going to grow weary of 12 seconds. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to be tired of like, God, like, I wish there was more of that. Now I got to wait till like tomorrow or a week from now when my favorite creator puts out their next thing. Like, God, I wish there was an album. I think that that's going to keep coming that's back. a good point. Like, I kind of miss the waiting period. That's the best part. Like, it is. it's been three years since your favorite bands put out an album, and then that press release comes out, and your heart's racing. Yeah. Because. That doesn't exist anymore. People are putting stuff out so much now. We're desensitized to yeah. it. It's like, and everyone's like, oh, I got to put out a single a month. And I'm like, don't do that. Yeah, because everyone. Else oh, I'm is guilty doing of that. that. I, 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 I just said that the other day. I, I need to be doing that, and it sucks because you feel like you need to because mm-hmm. everyone else is doing it. But it's that's like the how how do you not do that when everyone else right. is doing it? My thought on it from a promoter perspective mm-hmm. is like, okay, if you're putting out a single every month, that's great for Spotify algorithm. That's great for Instagram. That's great for all of that. But it's not great for shows because. If people are like, ah, shoot, I missed the uh, release show for this single. Uh, they don't I'll care come, I'll come to the next one. And then they forget. Oh, but like, interesting. I, there's, there's that perspective of it because people are like, oh, well, there will be another one. It does, this one's not as important as the next one. I might, I'll be at the next one. Right. So there's, there's that angle from it, too. Yeah. So it's this weird dichotomy of trying to fit all of these pieces together mm-hmm. because the internet loves constant right. Give well, that's n- the algorithm, right? It's the like, algorithm. The algorithm has bled into reality. It into has, people's absolutely. people's lives, right? Like, they're behaving like they're operating on an algorithm. Live music, however, will never go away. 
All of the th- everyone said radio'd kill live music. People said TV right, would kill right. live music. The internet will kill live music. But there's a reason that it has persisted, and it's because mm-hmm. people still want that thing. They want to touch Brett Westgrove when sure. he's on stage. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. important to not forget that, like, being being in front of people will always make more fans than shitting something out into the internet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. And even if you're not playing a show, but just being out and being like, no, dude, this is what I do. Like, I got a show next week. Come yeah. hang out. We'll have yeah. PBR. Someone's going to be like, sounds like a great time. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's, it's good to hear other people think that because there are a lot of guys that I'm around who don't, don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just maybe pessimistic a little bit, but like, there's a lot of guys who are worried about the rise of DJs in Nashville right. and all that. But, and I think you're right. Like live music is not ever going to, it will never go away. Die, it's I been mean. around for thousands of years. This yeah. is a tradition humanity won't forget. Yeah. That's great because yeah. that means that we've got an industry that's not going to go away. Right. Totally. Like, I mean, obviously live music. I mean, we were talking about how it's homogenized and all the music sounds the same, but it's like people still want it. Yeah. People are still wanting to go to shows. Well, and this is the thing too, is eventually when they don't want that homogenized product, it, they'll make it known. The numbers will change and mm-hmm. then some gears will shift. And the industry will, will change direction to whatever they want mm-hmm. next. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So what's next for Brett Westgrove? Oh, well, I'm going to try to start releasing a single every month. Cool. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you know, so uh, I've got a lot of dates, a cool. bunch of festivals this summer. Super the road? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. A lot of road stuff. I mean, I love Nashville, but being on the road is where things happen. I always say that. Use Nashville as, like, home base. Yeah. But if you want to make money, you got to get the hell out of town. Well, it's great for doing this stuff, for yeah. hanging out, for making, like, friends in the industry, socializing, networking, and doing the business stuff. Mm-hmm. Then all the good shows are out on the road yep. for the most part. So. Yeah. It's like you're not going to play the most important show of your life in this town. No. It'll, no. Be, it'll be out of town in Boone County, Missouri. Yeah. Because there's... That festival, that fair. Well, and you know what it is, too, is because there are music fans here, but the music fans that are not here are different, right? When you show up in they are. a small little town and you play a club for four or 500 people, they appreciate it differently than the same size crowd here anywhere or even a big crowd here right. because people in Nashville are so spoiled to music. We really are. Yeah. It's almost harder to find bad music in this town. Interesting. <laughs> It's like, yeah, because there's so many good people right. here. You can go to a show any night of the week, almost, almost any time of the day. Yeah. And see world tier musicians yep. playing. Yep. I mean, I could list off a couple of venues to go hear shit music. But of course. <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start writing songs? Um, I mean, I kind of started writing when I was like 13 or 14. What was your first song called? Do you remember? Um, I was really into like the Christian music phase. I did that. Yeah. And I was like, uh, through in, in like middle school and high school I was like running the church band and Hey, same. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, I don't remember what it was called to be honest. And it was probably pure garbage. Something like um, some, something that you would play with a church band. Yeah. But not now, not even that good. <laughs> um, but I started around then and I toyed with it. Honestly, the weird thing is in like, I've never considered myself a writer. Right. Um, I like writing when it strikes me, but I didn't move here to be a writer. You and moved like, here to be a performer. Yeah, and I hesitate to say that to a lot of people because I've been judged a lot by saying that. And I've actually had people tell me not to tell people that. Really? Because, you know, this industry is so driven by the songwriters. Mm-hmm. And how many songwriters have you seen who are just great writers who then get thrown in as an artist and next thing they blow up and... Yep. And so happens almost every day here, but yeah, like that wasn't my thing. Like I, I love it when the moment is right, but I'm not the, the right three songs a day oh, person. Dude, neither am I. Yeah. I can't do that. Like if it, if it strikes, sure. Why, why not? I feel like yeah. writing a song right now, but right. I can't force creativity. Right. Me either. It, it's and you can, when you do it, it, you can read the song and be like, this seems fake. It, mm-hmm. it looks like a yeah. story. Yep. It looks fake. And yeah. people hear that. They see through that shit. Oh, big time. All the time. Yep. The best songs are, I feel like, direct 
narratives or about our life. Yeah, absolutely. Except for like uh, Uptown Funk. I'm okay. going to listen to that every day. And okay. I don't, Fair. There's, there's, there's no, <laughs> no substance to that song, but I'm still going to vibe. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. There are definitely songs that have no substance, but I'm just super into them. But it's about the energy. Yeah. Right? That's why I don't write sad songs. Yeah, I struggle with that. Sad down songs. Stro- sad or slow, I'm not. People want to people party. Yeah, I have to work really hard to the point where, like, every once in a while I get people yelling at me for not having enough slow songs. But I want to I play the late night show. I want people to be drinking and having a good time and partying. What's, what's a song you play right now in your set list? It's at least one of yours that, that's one of those, like, party songs. Because I've got those songs in my, in my repertoire where I know if I play it, people uh, are going to laugh either, or they're going to they're gonna get turned up because it's, that's just the way that song. Um, man, that's a good question. I, I've, have, I've only been playing, like, very, very limited uh, originals mm-hmm. lately just because of the, the way the gigs have gone. I'm trying to think. I just threw out a bunch of new ones that aren't out yet. Party song. I don't know. It's weird. My, my stuff is all, like, upbeat and fun. I've never seen you play, like, my heart broke. Right. Could, but it's like, I don't, don't know that I hear con- that. I don't know that I consider them party as much as I consider them just, so I like, I write a lot of nostalgic stuff. Okay. And just like a lot of positive, I would say more positive than party. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. My brain also doesn't work very well. So like literally <laughs> I can think of like two songs of like 50 that I have that I play right. on a regular basis right now of the originals. I was playing in my so, house earlier and see back in, God, let me look at my, my notes here. So um, it would have been a while ago that I wrote this song because I think it was during COVID that um, when I was like, I, I was out of work too. I had nothing to do. Um, it's, so I wrote it on uh, September 26th of 2020. But uh, I wrote it, I made a note. It says, I wrote mostly pre-pandemic, but part after. So uh-huh. I abandoned the song. But it, it was like uh, how I had, had so little success in my romantic life. It was like, lately my love life has been running a little slow. But here's one thing I can guarantee that I don't have to do alone. And I set it up like, mm, what's the thing about? <laughs> but, then it, <laughs> but then it says, if I find myself in a situation where I need a little liquid motivation, it's not that hard to find when I want to have a damn good time. And then the chorus is just, tequila makes me do bad things, like drink more tequila. Yes. And it just, I, I didn't, I wrote that song years ago and I played it for the first time not too long ago. And people are like, this new song is great. And I'm like, it's not new. That's so funny, right? Yeah, but it's it's one of those ones. I totally like, feel that. It's just fun. It's just yeah. silly. And like, yep. people will put so much time and effort into these like dark. Yeah. My boyfriend left me and then my dog died. And then I had to move away from my hometown. <laughs> and you're like, Which no. like there's a place for those, but I just mm. But everyone comes to my show, I want them beer to have never fun. broke my heart comes on the radio. Right. Everyone just raises their hands and they're like, yeah, this is the greatest three minutes of my life. Yep. So stuff like that. That's why I try to write stuff that people are like, it's going to, it's not going to ruin the vibe. Yeah. Cause there's, yeah. there's those songs, the girls and the guys who want to play all of their sad shit through an entire writer's round and like 12 sad songs in a row. Is I, was, uh, the I was out the other night. Uh, I guess I won't say when or where, what the event was, but well, it was at live Oak and I love live Oak. Great bar. But I was out, and I, I had gone out just to hang out and kind of network a little bit. I left a bunch of work at home, so I was, my brain was preoccupied. But I was there for, like, 45 minutes, and I was mm-hmm. just like, I got to go. Get and out of the house. a large part of the reason, no, I had to leave the venue. Oh, gotcha. Go back home. And a large part of the reason was, I mean, part of it was just because my brain was so preoccupied. But I was sitting there hanging out with a friend, and there were, it was, this, we were hearing the second round of a bunch of guys up there just singing these slow, not necessarily even sad. Some of them were sad, but just slow songs. I'm just like, I'm bored. I'm bored. I need to go be productive. I want to go write a song or like work on my business stuff or like whatever. I just couldn't do it. And I'm just like, I'm not. They're energy vampires. Yeah. Those slow songs, they suck Uh it out of you because you get back home and you're like, I'm depressed. When it's so weird too, because then you also see these massive hits that are those. Are yeah. Because I mean, they have their place, right? Like the, the strange thing about sad songs to me is that people love sad songs when they're sad. Yep. 
And I've, but people don't go to party bars when they're sad. Right. And I don't understand that. I mean, I've been that person, so I inherently understand it. Right. But it makes no sense to me. Like, right. I'm sad. Why do I want to listen to a song that's going to make me sadder? <laughs> I right? don't. Like, it's like, a, I want to listen to something that's going to. But I, but then I go and do it. I, do you, do you not? That way. I've never been that way. Wow. I do not listen to sad music. So you are not also like a middle school girl? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I can't do that. Apparently that's me. When I'm sad, I just go home and I watch like Parks and Recreation or something. Oh. It's, it's just like every yes. episode is just like so, so zany and out of this world. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is going to make it okay. Yeah. This is going to make yeah. it okay. That's a good call. I like that. Well, here, let's take one more quick break and we'll come right back with Perfect. the Selective Listening Podcast. And we're back again with the Selective Listening Podcast with Aaron Schilb, and we've got my guest, Brett. West Grove, hey, aka, hey. Uh, I called you Wet Breast Grove by accident <laughs> once. Uh, you know what? It's really funny. When I first moved to Nashville, I started a. There's actually three episodes of this really stupid show mm -hmm. called Broadway TV, and I was interviewing a bunch of girls downtown. Nice. And I called myself Wet Breast Grove. Wet Breast Grove. Yeah. Because of that, or has has that no? Been a it, thing before? it just like I was probably you know I was. I may. <laughs> I was. I was fully in the bag. We don't have a full six pack of PBR tall <laughs> no, boys not crushed on our on our desk here. <laughs> so I'm all about it. I I was actually considering that to be maybe one of my alter egos. Okay, we'll see. You could get. You could put that on the duct tape. I should. I I really should. W e t t yeah. breast growth. Yes, because Brett and wet. That's Oof. a great idea. Marketing. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to say. Well, Brett, this brings us to the only pointed question of the podcast. Uh-oh. In our namesake, selective listening, what do you think people should be listening to? Comedy, podcast, music, shit you liked when you were a kid. I don't care. What do you think our, our listeners here should go give a listen to? What's, what's worth their time? Silence. Silence. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> me and me and Wait. Brett were talking about that before we started getting on the air earlier today, and we were talking about how we'll both leave shows and drive home in silence. Uh -huh. yeah. And let, let's just talk about that. Why yeah, let's do, you do like that. To do that. Why do you um, like to do that? I just I get most of it is just overload. Mm -hmm. Right? There's so much music all the time. Everything I do is music, and sometimes you just need a break. You just need silence during those uh, long Broadway sets, like the four hour sets. How many songs do you think you're playing? I think it's somewhere around eighty. I think. That's insane. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to 80 songs in a row, mm -hmm. the last thing you want to go do is get in your car and listen to more music. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to a lot it of talk. Is. I listen to a lot of more talk radio now than I ever used to. And I used to hate when my dad would listen to it in the car, but my dad was also a musician and I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to listen to something that sounds like work. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. So uh, we both like to drive home in silence. Uh -huh. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But um no, I mean, okay, let me just think about this. So this is I'll tell you this is one thing that's weird about me. This doesn't really necessarily answer your question directly. Okay. But um obviously I'm a country artist and I love all that stuff, but instead of listening to like what's happening in country, I usually like when I really listen to music it's at the gym. Okay. And I go there and I just crank up the EDM. Nice. Those are my two genres. EDM, rap and hip hop uh and like Hard metal music seem to be like really popular gym genres. Oh yeah, absolutely. Always yeah. up tempo. Yep. And 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 I mean, you got to have a beat to run to. Yeah. Pump some. Pump yeah. some iron. Totally. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too. Electronic music is funny because it's so like we were talking about throwaway music earlier, mm -hmm. and it's very much that. But in the moment, it's great. Yeah. And I, it's weird because I moved to Nashville as not like a writer so much, at least not as much as I am now, and not a lyrics person like. I realized I spent most of my life. Actually, let me ask you this. Do you remember that thing that went around the internet for a while that said, do you think in words or do you think in like images? And I, do you remember that? I don't remember that. Okay. A lot of people don't. And I, I, maybe I imagined it or dreamed it or made it up. Do you think but in words or do you think in images? It's a real thing. Okay. So like if you're sitting around and you're thinking something, are you thinking like in English? I think with, I think with words. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't. 
Really? You think with pictures? I think in images, colors, like raw emotion. Okay. It's really weird. And so I have a very hard time um, putting my thoughts into words. Ask any girl I've dated. Um, <laughs> my most hated question is, hey, what are you Maybe thinking? you should be called collective dating history. Oh, my Aaron God, here. right? But it's a weird thing because I realized when I moved to Nashville and I had to learn all these songs, I was like, okay, I'm going to play all these songs that I grew up on listening to all this 90s country. And suddenly I was like, oh, wait. I, I know all the melodies. I don't know any of the words. Like my favorite songs, I didn't know the words. And I've n realized I never really listened to words. I listened to the energy. And so I think that's why EDM works for me because half the time EDM, you hear this, hu this synthesized, mm -hmm. tuned human voice thing, but they're like just making human voice sounds, not right. direct words. But there's an energy to it. And so like I read more into the energy of the song. And so like I can, I can sit through Heads Carolina the whole song and not hear a single word, but know exactly what they're doing and feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know exactly what you're talking about because as my hearing has gotten worse later mm. in life, mm -hmm. I can't hear what people are singing. I can't hear the words, but I can still hear the melody. Yeah. So I've definitely transitioned into that more to where I'm listening to the melody and the actual music of a song more than I'm listening to what it's actually about. Well, you were, saying, you were saying earlier about how the songs that really work are the songs when people are singing about their real life experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's probably part of it, right? Is like you can feel real story energy versus fake story mm -hmm. energy. And when it's real story energy, you almost don't have to listen to the words. You can just, you can people feel are that pouring sadness, their emotion yeah. out. Yeah. Or that happiness or whatever. Yeah. That, that comes through in a melody that comes through in the energy of the song. Yeah. That's absolutely a case. Yeah. Because when you, when you see, I know you've seen the same people who are singing a song that they cut and they're dead and glassy eyed mm -hmm. and it's like, you don't yeah. care. About You're bored. This. Yeah. It's just you, and you can see the people on Broadway even, or it, writers around. It's like people who are just going through the motions, and it's just another song for them. Yeah. You're just like, cool. Yep. It's another one of my eighty songs in this four hour set list before I go to the next four hour set list. Yeah. Woof. Where you play the same eighty song. Totally. <laughs> yep. Oh, been there plenty of times. Well, Brett, tell people where they can find you on the internet. The wherever you people, I don't know how they. Yeah, yeah, works. yeah. My Instagram yeah, is your plugs is uh, MileyCyrus.fake.gov at Hannah Montana. If you're looking for a little <laughs> extra Montana. something, something. Uh, no, pretty much everything is uh, Brett Westgrove or Brett Westgrove Music. So that's you know, uh, Pornhub, Christian Mingle, Instagram, <laughs> TikTok. When is the when's another single coming out? When when's that when's that oh, gonna come down the pipeline? Man, that's a good question. I've got a bunch of songs in pre-production and a bunch of songs that are finishing writing right now. So hopefully soon. I mean, Ooh. hopefully I'll have at least one within the next month or two. But man, I've been dragging my feet a lot. So right. we'll see. I don't know. And uh for listeners on the road, you you're you're gonna be hitting uh, hitting some cities where you're gonna be this summer. Oh, let me think. I've got three runs up to Wisconsin. I'll be in Iowa, I think Illinois, a uh, couple dates in Nashville, uh, Kansas, I think, maybe Texas, Arizona. A lot of Midwest. Uh, a lot of Midwest. Wait. Yeah, yeah. It's been working. I mean, I'm from the Midwest, and somehow, even without telling people I'm from there, uh, they just. It's I'm a, a thing, Missouri boy. Right? I know how I. There's some Midwestern shit. There's going just like on an there. energy or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do really well it's up Bud there. It's Bud Light flavored. Yeah, it's PBR flavored. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll be all over the place. All the dates are on the calendar. BrettWestgrove.com or fans in town or you know announce on Snapchat and Instagram and uh, AOL Instant Messenger. I swear to God, I was talking about AIM last oh night. Oh my God, dude. I was talking with my friends, and there's only a few of us now who are old enough to remember signing in to the dial-up internet that I am your friend. And like, if that girl I am you back that night, and her away message wasn't on, it was on. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah now we just leave people on read, and we're like, no, I'll get back to it yeah. in like five to seven business days. It's so bad. <laughs> I've... I'm... I've degraded in my, yeah, it's bad. I don't. Ah, uh, yes. It's the just internet. these weird habits, you know, like we, our social skills are failing. They are absolutely. And failing. I'm guilty of it. I'm so <laughs> guilty of it. Well, you can follow us at Selective Listening Pod on Instagram. Uh, we have new episodes every Thursday. You can follow me at the Aaron Shilb on Instagram as well. Keep up with all of that. 
Um, I am the co-host of the Nashville Tour Stop podcast that has new episodes every Friday. But until then, please remember that the world is your burrito. I'm a different kind of a rock and roll degenerate man. 